Praise the Lord and welcome. And uh, I'm looking forward to ministering God's word this morning. And so we, you can go to John, Gospel of John chapter 5. That's where we'll be reading from in a moment. But I'm going to be continuing this series um, that I've started called Christ Manifested. Christ Manifested. Because, well, God knows we, we need it. Amen. We need him to manifest himself to us in salvation uh, as our Lord and Saviour and in the Christian life and in our journey and just through the trials and tribulations as we draw near to him, he draws near to us and he, he reveals himself, he manifests himself in such marvellous ways and they're precious, precious uh, 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 moments in our lives. And so we're up to the third part of the series, which, remember last week, we, we're looking at the spiritual senses. I mean, if we're going to have Christ reveal himself and manifest himself, then the counterpart to that, obviously, as, as we've mentioned, is the natural senses that connect us and enable us to experience the world around us. Well, so too, the spiritual senses are such that they enable us to experience God. And so experiencing God is at the heart of this series and what I'm wanting to share. And so we looked at seeing God. We looked at spiritual sight last week. And so we want to look at the next uh, sense, spiritual sense, and another prominent one, which is hearing. And so these are two prominent. I mean, they're, they're all important. The five senses are all important. But, you know, could you imagine living life being blind or deaf? They're the two prominent. You know, if there was one that sense that maybe you had to give up, that would not be your first preference, would it? So we've looked at seeing God. Now we want to look at hearing, uh, the sense of hearing, hearing God's voice. And so again, when I say hear God's voice, I'm not talking about an audible voice. You're going to have to listen to me this morning, okay? You'll be hearing my voice. But I do pray you hear God's voice. And so, spiritually speaking, if we're going to hear God's voice, then we have to have, as the Bible would tell us on many occasions, you have to have ears to what? Hear. Okay, and again, we're not talking physically, we're talking spiritually. You have to be tuned in. You have to have an ear to hear. And so, so often, uh, what goes in, you know, we say, it goes in one ear and comes out the other. But that's not what we want, spiritually speaking. We want to hear, we want to absorb, we want to uh, 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 listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. And we are told over and over in the Scriptures to him who has ears to hear. And so there's a great emphasis, take heed how you hear. Even as Jesus speaks in the book, uh, of the revelation to the seven churches at the conclusion of each message to each church, he makes it clear, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit speaks. And he's putting the emphasis and the onus of responsibility upon the hearer. So it's important, as we'll see throughout the Scripture. And so, again, as we look at this sense of hearing this morning. I want to look at it as we have and as we will look at each a sense in the, in the two contexts. That is, as Saviour in salvation 
you know, seeing God as a saviour and hearing God's voice, maybe for the first time and coming to hear the word of God. Or, uh, and also the second part is our relationship with God. Because uh, as we walk with God, as we uh, have fellowship with God, as we uh, draw near to God, we have to hear God over the course of our journey. And thank God that God speaks to us. Amen. And so we have to be listening. And so as we've pointed out, there's two aspects to this. There's the fact that God opens our ears, as I'll show you in the scripture. God has to open our ears to hear. Um, in the same way, we're blind unless God enables us to see, right? And the same way, we're deaf, and spiritually speaking, unless God opens our ear to hear. So that's always the first part. But then there's the second part, which is our responsibility in relation to that. Now, you may remember when we spoke about seeing, what was it that we said that faith sees, right? Faith sees. We looked at the issue of faith. Faith is not blind. You know, the world says, oh, you have blind faith. I don't have blind faith. My faith sees clearly. And that's the, that's the emphasis they, the, of those, of the heroes of faith. They saw, they had seen, they were able to look into the future and uh, understand God's purposes and His promises. So faith sees. But how does faith come? By hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so this is why it's so important. Faith is produced this morning from hearing the word of God. In fact, in, in Romans chapter 10, where we find this emphasis of, of that scripture, where, where Paul states that, he also goes on to say, is how is the world going to believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You see, God's method, God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. So when, when we speak the word of God this morning, this is not just, I'm a preacher, I know, but don't get caught up with the man. You know, don't get too familiar with me. I'm just a vessel. But I pray as, 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 as one who stands and speaks the word of God that we hear God's voice, that you hear God speak, because this is how God works. How shall they hear without a preacher? Not that they'll hear the preacher, but that they will hear God. That's what Paul's saying. And so, the word of God is living and it's powerful. Sharper than a two-edged sword, as the scripture says. Jesus says, the words that I speak, they're spirit and they are life. And so we want to have ears to hear this morning. We want our spiritual sense of hearing to be tuned in to what the Lord and what the Spirit of God says. And so let's read our text as we examine this topic in the Scriptures. That's why we'll be moving through different things. But we're going to start in John's Gospel, chapter 5. And in verse number 24... It's a familiar portion of text. Jesus speaking and he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me 
has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Amen. You see, we've chosen, notice I'm starting with scriptures. You know, when, it, when we looked at sight, we're starting with the words of Jesus. Amen. Because Jesus is revealing these things when he's talking about spiritual senses and seeing and hearing. We find these things scattered throughout the Bible. And obviously the Bible as a whole addresses this issue. But we're here starting with Christ because the, the importance of us hearing the voice of God this morning. What a better, no better place than st to start than the words of Jesus, hearing the voice of the Son of God. That's what leads to salvation. This is the, Jesus said, he who hears my word and believes. See, faith comes by hearing. And when you hear the word, then you believe and trust and have faith in what has been said. And as a result of that, Jesus says in verse 24, uh, we have everlasting life. You see, this is not something that's, Later, this is now, we have everlasting life. And in that moment, the Bible says we have passed. The result is we have passed from death into life. And now we are in Christ. We have eternal life now, amen. We have the life of God in us. Life and life more abundantly, as Jesus has put it. And it's in that context that he says uh, in verse 25, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming. In fact, he says, now and now is. There's a reason why Jesus is speaking like this. And the context is that, in fact, just in these few verses alone, and in verse 26 and 27 and 28, Jesus is talking about various resurrections, not just uh, 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 one here where, we, where he talks about us becoming alive in Christ. In fact, he's saying that, there is a, there, that the, the hour is coming and now is when the dead, in Christ, uh, the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. But he also says, look at verse, if you have your Bible open, he goes on to say in verse 29, uh, verse 28, and do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. All who are in the graves will hear his voice. But they're dead, right? And so and then it says, and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done e uh, evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Now notice, everyone is going to hear the voice of the Son of God. He's talking about a future event. He's talking about a future a, 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 a time, and uh, that time is still to come in which uh, the dead will be raised and, uh, and judged at the great, and some will be unto life, and then there'll be those that will be cast into the lake of fire, into, into Gehenna, into everlasting judgment. But in light of all of those aspects, and the fact that all will one day hear the voice of God, that's what Jesus said, he says, now, the hour is now that the dead will hear. 
And that relates to the fact that those that are living at that moment of time, though they're physically alive, spiritually dead, the Bible says that we are dead in sin and trespasses and sin, and that's our spiritual condition. We are deaf, so to speak. But you see, there comes a time, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And this is how the gospel works. Because we are all in that place. We are born uh, in, with, in sin. We are born with a sinful nature. We are born spiritually dead. And it's, in, and it's at that moment when Christ opens our ears. For the first time, we hear the voice of the Son of God. And God opens our ears. And then we believe and we experience everlasting life and the life of God and His salvation. So this is, this is a glorious thing. You know, the word here in the Greek is interesting because it says, Jesus says, the dead will hear the voice, the voice. You know, in the Greek, the word voice is phone or phone. Or so we know the English equivalent as we would know it. But just think about that because we all know what a phone is, right? It means voice. And we have the word now which means telephone, which means that word tele means distant or far away, and that's what the telephone does. It enables you to be in one place and another person in another place, and you can call. In the old days, it obviously was a, you know, a bit different. Now we have mobile phones, and you can be on the other side of the world and just you know all the rest of it, but there's that connection. You see, now we hear the voice of the Son of God. Imagine that, hearing God's voice. Now, not that the Lord's going to ring your telephone this morning, but He is dialing into your heart and into your mind and into your ears. And we have to have an ear to hear because he, that word voice means a disclosure, a tone, a sound. God is speaking and we have to listen and to hear. You know, Jesus... You know, in, in here, he, he says in verse uh, 29, the time will come when all that are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. You know, you know what salvation's like? It's like when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You know what he said to Je Lazarus? Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Could you imagine that? And then Lazarus is, uh, you know, been dead for four days and he comes out of the grave. But you see, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And we too, when we are born again, born from above, we are partakers of that divine resurrection. And uh, we have been made alive in Christ Jesus, as the Bible teaches us. And spiritually speaking, we have come forth. Come forth and we have been raised with Christ, seated in heavenly places. Amen. We have become already partakers of his resurrection. Spiritually, not yet physically, that's to come. But now... The hour is now, and this is what happens when we believe and are saved and hear the voice of the Lord calling our name. And so, the Bible says these words, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, when you hear God, you call upon God. That's the reaction. And the Bible says when you call upon God, He hears you. And so here, see the connection, see how it works. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so with the mouth, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made. 
and we speak our voice. And when we speak and, uh, of, of our faith and we say, you know what, I believe, therefore I spoke, God hears that. Yeah, I know he hears the heart. But, you know, and don't get me wrong, but you see, faith goes from there and it can't help but find its expression. It says, Lord, I believe. Lord, I, I, I believe that you are the Son of God because you have heard the voice of God this morning. So that's salvation. But Christian, we're Christians here, I trust most of us here this morning. And we've heard the voice of the Son of God. And, uh, and, and, or at least we claim to, because this is really, really important that we're hearing God's voice as, as, as Christians in our relationship with Christ. You know, if you're living your Christian life and you never hear God's voice, then something's wrong. This is not the way it's meant to be. In fact, Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking to them about uh, holiness and righteousness and living a life that is pleasing to God. And he says to them in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, he says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. You see, because as a, as a child of God, as having been born again in fellowship with Christ, the Bible is clear that we are to hear the voice of the Son of God, not just in salvation, but God needs to be speaking to us regularly as he desires to and intends to, and he does, if, if indeed you have heard of him or from him. And if we, we because Paul is saying, it's not just enough for, for me to be writing these words, he says, you need to hear the voice of the Son of God, because you have to learn from Christ. You have an anointing that teaches you. You, have to be, you are to be taught directly by him. So this is, and we do that because we are hearing the voice of God. This is important. Jesus said that his sheep, what, hear his voice. His sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them and they follow him. Let me read it to you. It's in just a few pages up in John 10. You can turn to it. John chapter 10, verse 3. Well, we'll start from verse 1. Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold of the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. For why? They know his voice. See, this is so important. Do you know his voice? Are you, he's, he's the shepherd, he's the good shepherd, he's going before us. The Bible says he's leading us, we're following him and we're following him on the basis, Jesus says, because as his sheep, the distinguishing factor is we hear his voice. And this goes to the fact that we have a, a, in our relationship with God this morning. You know, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 40, verse 6, which really is a prophecy, but it's also an expression of the psalmist's own heart, but it's also a prophecy concerning Christ. 
because Christ heard the voice of the Father. He walked with the Father. We, you know, it's this duality that Christ being 100% God and 100% man, the incarnation, and the Son of God, but yet he hears and he's in perfect relationship with the Father. But in Psalm 40, verse 6, it says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. My ears you have opened. And this is what the psalmist is saying. I'm, I'm hearing the voice of God. In the book of Isaiah, we find a similar expression. Again, Isaiah the prophet is speaking, but it's also a prophecy about Christ. But it captures a few truths that I want to hone in on. Look at in Isaiah chapter 50, verse number 4. Let me read it to you. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Speak a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Now here, the prophet is speaking, and he's, he's saying that he awakens morning by morning my ear to hear as the learned. And this is why it's so important that, this is why it's important to daily read your Bible. This is why it's important to draw near to God and build your relationship because the Lord will open your ear and you will hear the Spirit speaking. You'll hear God minister to your heart. That, 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 uh, be, the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. And it's in that place. You see, if uh, it's, uh, God awakens our ear to hear. But you see, in the midst of life and it's all of its hustle and bustle, you have to go to that secret place, amen, and tune in. He says these words, he says, I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You see, because this is the element that relates to human responsibility this morning. Because, you know, God speaks. He's faithful. He has spoken and he speaks. But you see, the issue is, is are we listening? The prophet says, I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. And unfortunately, this is a sad reality for so many. And we're all guilty of it at times uh, if we're not careful about what we're dealing with here. But the Bible's very clear this morning about having an ear to hear. And so if we're as Christians going to have Christ manifest himself to us uh, in our walk with him, then it is imperative that we are hearing the word of God. Because we must, now listen to this, the Bible says we must take heed how we hear. We must take heed of how we hear. In Proverbs chapter 5, verse 13, listen carefully, it says, I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. In the, prof, in the, in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, it's just highlighting the, the, the issue of the one who's not, tuned in, who's not inclined their ear. Sure, you're hearing, but are you listening? Have you inclined your ear is the key here, because he says, I didn't obey the voice of my teachers, and I didn't incline my ear to those who instructed me, because this is what's so important for us as Christians. And if we do this, this is where Christ will manifest himself to us. 
Now, I, I, I share these things. I don't want to be harsh this morning. I just want to illustrate it more so. But Israel is a, a sad example of what can happen to a, the child of God. And we've probably all been guilty of it at some point, if, we, if we're honest with ourselves. God speaks, and you know, you know what God's saying to you, but it's like, you know, you're just intent on doing your own will or doing your thing. But in Ezekiel chapter 12, there's an indictment against the house of Israel. And the prophet says now in Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but they don't see. There's one spiritual sense, their sight, which we spoke about last week, and ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. And so this is really what it comes down to. It, uh, when we don't hear and we refuse to, you know, we have ears, but we don't hear. We have eyes. See, we are Christians. We, we have, our eyes have been enlightened. We have, we, we, our ears have been opened. But now the onus is upon us. And if we, if we don't listen and we don't heed, then, then we walk in disobedience. And the result of that is we don't, we, we silence the voice of God and we don't hear what he's speaking. Jesus said, let him who has an, has an ear hear what the Spirit says. And we have an ear. It's just that we're using it. Are we using it? Now, I want to look at an aspect now. I want to turn your attention to something a little bit deeper. I want to emphasize the issue of the heart here. Because what you hear is, is connected, you know, what you see, all these things is connected really to where our heart is, how... How, where our heart is at. And I want to show you this in the scripture because it reveals a very important principle that's associated with this. And if we're going to have Christ manifest himself, then we have to have a heart that is true and faithful to the Lord. Now, if you can turn to Luke chapter 8, we'll go there, just look at a couple of scriptures I want to point out. But I'm sure we're all familiar with the parable of the sower, right? And uh, the particular parable where Jesus talks about the a seed was the sown, and some fell upon the wayside, and uh, the birds of the air came and devoured it. Then there was some that uh, fell on stony ground and, uh, and uh, didn't take root. And so as uh, it sprang up, but then the heat uh, of the day uh, penetrated on it, and because it didn't have deep roots, it didn't survive. Then there was the, the seed that fell among thorns, Jesus compared that to the cares of this life that choke, the thorns that choke the word, and therefore it doesn't bring forth fruit. But then he says about the fourth, the fourth seed of soil, in which the seed, which is the word of God, and that it, it is sown on good soil. And, he's, and, so, and it bears fruit. Now, what is the distinctive quality that causes it to bear fruit? Let's look at this because it's really important. And uh, we can see it here in Luke's gospel in, in chapter 8. Now, what I want to point out is that the Bible is clear. In fact, look at verse 12 of Luke chapter 8, where, where Jesus is talking about this. And in verse 12, in verse 13 and 14, all and 15, but the point is, is that the Bible says that each of them heard the word. Listen, let's read it. Those that by the wayside are the ones who hear. 
So they hear, their ears are opened. But then the devil comes and takes away the word so that they, uh, so that they, should, that they should believe and be saved. So they're not. Then there's the one on the rock. Uh, uh, ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, they all, they're all hearing. And they receive the word with joy, but these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation they fall away. Then there's the ones, verse 14, the ones that fell among thorns are these, when they have heard. So they're all hearing. They go out and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. But look at verse 15. This is the distinguishing factor. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart. See, Jesus is making an emphasis here. The distinguishing factor for them, they all heard, but only one took root. And only one bore bore fruit. In that, uh, they kept the word with a noble and a good heart heart. Now this is really important for us to consider this because the, 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 the King James actually says with an honest and good heart. And the, the Jewish Bible talks about a receptive heart. But this is really dependent upon us. It's who we are. And this is the whole aspect of the human dimension that's associated with this. Yes, there's God's sovereignty. Yes, there's God's grace. Yes, there's God. And, uh, but there's an aspect that relates to man because Jesus himself said it's a good and noble heart. He's talking about a quality that relates to the individual. It's an honor. So, you know, because you can have a sincere heart. This is what, we're, this is what we've looked at this, I think, previously. We're, we're, when we looked at it, remember we spoke about holiness and blamelessness and motive? God's looking for sincerity. He's looking for a good and noble heart. It means virtuous, honest. It doesn't mean you're a good person. It doesn't mean you know that uh, that's going to qualify you for your salvation or anything of that sort. It's just talking about a distinctive quality that's genuine, that's real, that's whole, that's honest, that's sincere. And God takes note of that. In fact, we find this reference to the Bereans. Remember, uh, Paul is on his missionary journey and he's preaching and he's going from city to city and he goes to Berea and this was after uh, being persecuted and run off uh, previously and he comes and he flees and he goes to Berea and then he begins to preach the gospel to the Bereans. And the others had rejected the word of the Lord and had sought to persecute him. That's why he had left. And this is what Acts chapter 17, verse 11 says about the Bereans. These were more fair-minded in the New King James, or the King James says these were more noble. Now, this is not in the context that somehow that they were more special and more important than the others. Sometimes we think, you know, noble is in status. No, 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 not in that context. This has to do with they were fair-minded in that, listen to what it says, these were more fair-minded or noble than those in Thessalonica. In that, this is what the distinguishing factor was, in that they received the word with all readiness and they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Verse 12, therefore, 
many of them believed. See, why is this Bible making that? These, the, the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Now, it doesn't mean that God favoured them more. It doesn't mean that they were... The, uh, uh, the, uh, the emphasis here is that they, had a no, they were fair-minded. There was a nobility about them. And this had to do with a, character, a quality of character. This had to do with a condition of heart. And as a result of that, that word noble, it, it, it actually is emphasising the qualities of high moral character. And in fact, God recognises that. And so the result was that they received the word with an honest and good heart. And they searched the scriptures. And you know what? They heard God speaking. The Thessalonians, they didn't even know what God, they were deaf. They didn't even hear what God was saying. But in this instance, the, the Bereans, they searched they, the scriptures, they received the word. And um, the Bible says, listen, therefore, as a result of that, many of them believed. It's really important to note that because this is a principle regarding the Christian life and it's a principle of Christ manifesting himself to us. And it's why we are told to take heed. In fact, at the end of Jesus' parable where he explains the sower in Luke's Gospel chapter 8, he goes on to say in verse 16, he says, No one... When he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand for those that enter may see the light. So there he's saying, see the light. Christ is the light of the world, right? He's the revealed light. He's a manifested, the light of the gospel. For nothing in, there's nothing, verse 17, for nothing in secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. And look at verse 18. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. So Jesus is saying, take heed how you hear. Here, because the, the result of that, God will mark it down. He will take note of whether you are listening. And the result is, is that you will, have, you will receive more from God or he will take, in this instance, he will take away. In Mark's gospel, we're, we're in the synoptic aspect where, where Mark refers to this moment in his, he actually says um, uh, these words, uh, he says, take heed what you hear. And it says, with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And to him who, who hears, more will be given. So God is saying, if, you, if you've got an ear to hear, not only will you hear what the Spirit is saying, but God's saying, I will speak more. I will reveal more. I will manifest myself more to you. But see, with the same measure that you use, in listening to me is the same measure that I'll give back to you. Isn't that interesting? Because if you're not tuning in, if you don't have an ear to hear, if you're not interested in what Spirit's speaking, then God says, okay, I won't speak to you. I won't manifest myself to you. Settle with the, you know, with the limited knowledge that you have and understanding that you have. Because until you come to that place of, of, of wanting to hear and taking heed how you hear, then you're going to hear more. 
You're going to hear things that you hadn't heard before because you'll hear the voice of the Son of God. You know, we are warned in the Bible about becoming dull of hearing. And this is, uh, uh, I'm t Christian, this is, where, this is a warning to all of us in the book of Hebrews where uh, um, you know, the, the Jewish Christians are being addressed and uh, they are being marked as and uh, noted as becoming dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. In other words, that word dull means uh, to become sluggish, or, which means lazy or stupid even. You've got you to be switched on. You know when you come to church, you can't just come to church and just go. Sometimes you look at people and you go, do you really want to be here? <laughs> like, Because if you're going to come, come with an ear to hear. Come with eyes to see. Come with an expectant heart. Come, because I tell you, with the same measure you come, it's the same measure that you'll get back. If you come to church, and then you're going to get nothing. You're going to walk out the door and go, where did I even come today? But if you come with an expectant heart and say, Lord, what is it you're speaking? You're going to hear from God. You're going to go, oh, praise God. Did you hear God? Oh, I didn't hear nothing. Because it all's got to do with taking heed how you hear. Because God speaks, I can speak the same message and someone's heard God speak to them in marvellous ways and another person didn't hear anything. What's the difference? It goes to these truths that we're identifying. You see, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about, goes to talk about the children of Israel in the Old Testament. And it says that uh, the gospel was preached to them as well as to, uh, to those Hebrews now. But it, the difference was that the word that they heard did not profit them. The word that they heard didn't profit them because it was not mixed with faith. Faith. You've got to exercise faith. You've got to respond to these things. You see, it's all about Christian maturity. If I can read... Something from Hebrews 5. Obviously, in verse 11, it says it's hard to uh, explain to them spiritual truths and the depths of spiritual realities because they have become dull of hearing. And that can happen. You can't uh, speak about the, the deeper things of God because you're, you're, not, you're not really, you're, you've become dull. But then, and then he talks about their spiritual immaturity and so forth. But in verse 14 of chapter 5, I just want you to look there, of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, it says, But solid food belongs to those who are fuller of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know, as a Christian, we have to have our senses exercised to discern good and evil, what's right and what's wrong. Not only in our relationship to God, but in our relationship to the world around us as we serve God, we, we ha always have to be spiritually alert, awake. And it's in that context that the Bible says that we have to have our spiritual senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, you know what's interesting, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to point it out because I want to make an illustration of it. 
But that word exercise is a, is a, a Greek word. And uh, it, if I was to quote the direct, to quote directly the interpretation in the, in, the, uh, in the dictionary, in the Greek dictionary, it says to practice naked. To practice naked. Exercised. It means to train. That's where the word gym comes from, by the way. <laughs> That's why no one wears anything at the gym. But anyway. It is. The word gym, gym means, <laughs> it means to practice naked. That's why in the, in the original Greek Olympic Games, when they would practice and when they would run, they'd run naked, literally. Yeah. And I know, I'm just, uh, that's what it, that I'm reading to you, the direct, I'm not trying to go on a rabbit hole, I'm just quoting directly, you can see it for yourself. It literally means to practice naked. And they did it, they exercised towards winning, uh, you know, in, in the Greek games where it's related to, the, obviously to win a medal or to win a crown in those days, in fact, the victor's crown. But you see, the Bible says that we are to exercise ourselves towards godliness, and that we are to exercise our senses to discern what is good and evil. And so I don't suggest that you practice that and exercise naked this morning. What I'm saying is spiritually speaking, you know what you, how you exercise the senses? You have to separate yourself from everything that distracts you. That's why they ran naked, because anything that was a hindrance to them running and, you know, uh, uh, that would stop them from winning that race, that would, you know, catch the wind, in, you know, as they were running, it would slow them down because every split second counts, right? That's the, why, the, ways, the reason behind it. And so if we are to exercise, if we are to take the mindset of, a, of an athlete in that sense and apply it to a Christian life. We are to exercise ourselves, to exercise our senses. And so how are you going to exercise? Because we all know bodily exercise is good for a point, right? But to, uh, uh, but the spiritual, uh, and, and to exercise ourselves spiritually is much more important. And so to do it in a sense, if I can use the word naked, it means that you just, you know what? Separate yourself from all distraction. Go into that secret place. Be still. And it's there, because if you're, you can't, you know, uh, I'm just reading my Bible and while I'm uh, watching the uh, TV, you can't do that. Uh, I'm, I can multitask. No, don't give me that. <laughs> you have to go into that secret place and in that silence, and you seek God, you draw near to God, you read the Bible, and you pray, and in that place... Amen. The Father reveals himself in secret. He speaks. He ministers. And all of a sudden, you hear the word of God. And you hear God speaking. And so again, this is what we need to be doing. Exercise yourself towards godliness. Exercise your spiritual senses. And to do that, you're going to have to... There's an element of discipline that's involved in this, in exercise. You know, you just... Uh, my wife likes to exercise, you know, and the alarm goes off at 5.30 in the morning. You know, you don't feel like getting up early in the morning sometimes or, you know, at any point of the day, but you have to prioritise. You have to discipline and set things aside because it's a practical aspect. 
exercise yourself. And as you do that, it's in the, uh, where there's no distractions, you train your ears to hear and the Spirit of God speaks. You know, I think I was thinking of a, of a mother when a mother has a newborn child, you know, and then, you know, they put the baby maybe at some point in another room. And you know what the, the man does? He's asleep during the night. <laughs> then the, the, the wife hears a little... <laughs> and she hears it. She's so tuned in to that baby's voice. And then, you know, and then the, the, in the morning, the, the wife will get up and go, oh, the child's also awake, you know, and her, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> because we're not tuned in. That's just the way God's made us, okay? It's not a bad thing. It's probably a good thing in some ways. And then the wife says, get up! <laughs> Anyways. But um, you get my point. A mother's ear is tuned. And we are to exercise ourselves to the voice of God, to the, to the scriptures, to, to, to hear the word of the Lord. And that's really the point. That's the place we can get to. Especially when we consider the last days in which we're living in. Because it's important that we exercise ourselves towards this. Because listen to what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. See, if you don't have an ear to hear, if you don't take heed, then, and over the longevity of time, because we're all vulnerable, but as I said, an honest heart, a noble heart will not be deceived. And I believe that with all my heart. Even if we are confused, and even if we are, are on the wrong track, the Lord will always bring us back. He'll speak, he will reveal, he'll manifest. And you go, oh, thank God, I can see. But you see, the time has come and we're here. We're in the last days. They have itching ears. They've heaped up for themselves te uh, teachers and they have turned their ears away from sound doctrine. And in fact, in, Paul writes into Timothy in, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and he says that concerning the last days, he says that many will depart from the faith giving heed or hearing, hearing deceiving spirits. Think about that. Hearing deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. If you're not hearing from God, then you're going to hear from someone else. That's really, a, that's, that's a reality. That's a danger. It's an inherent danger. That's why you've got to draw near to God. Because there's so much that's going on around us. We're living in the time of the end. And, uh, and the deception around us is, is, is immense. And if we are going, we have to exercise our senses, our hearing towards God to hear from him. But more than that, uh, we don't want to hear from deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We want to hear the pure word of God, the voice of God. Now, I know this is heavy, but it's the truth. Remember John Fletcher's words as I, as I opened this series at the beginning. I said, he said that Christ will manifest himself to all his sincere followers. A good and noble heart. He will. Sooner or later, I can't tell you when, but I tell you, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. God will, Christ will manifest. You'll hear the voice of the Son of God. 
in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself, to manifest himself to, on behalf of those whose heart is what? Loyal to him. Loyal. This is how it works. And so can I say to you this morning, are you, have you heard? Have you heard the voice of the Son of God? Are you hearing the voice of God? Because we can, we must. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never heard the voice of the Son of God. There was a story in the Bible where Jesus met a man, he was mute and he was deaf. And he spat and he touched his tongue with the, with the saliva. Yeah, I know. And then he put his fingers in his ear and he said, be opened. And maybe God has opened your ears this morning. If you're hearing the voice of the Son of God, call upon him for salvation and be saved. Christian, let's exercise ourselves in our spiritual sense. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for your wonderful, wonderful word. Oh, God, Lord, that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking. God, we know, Lord, that you have opened our ears, that we have heard the voice of the Son of God. We have believed, Lord, and faith, God, is, is a reality. But, Lord, I pray for your people, God. We want to draw nearer. We want to hear more. We want to hear the Spirit speak. Lord, and to do so, God, we have to take heed how we hear. We have to have, be tuned in. And I pray, God, as your people would, uh, would do that, that you would speak to them, that they would hear the voice of the Son of God in marvelous and special ways. Manifest yourself, Lord, to your people. In Jesus' name, amen.